What's up? This is Brandon London, and you're listening to the Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. You hear that? The Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. Let's go, Giants. Welcome back, Giants fans, to the latest edition of the Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. This time we are 75% British, 25% Irish, and absolutely still 100% Giants. We're back with our second episode this week, as we've now decided to split our weekly episode into two separate pods uh, to give you even more chance to listen to us talk all things Giants. Guys, how are we doing? Has it sunk in that we're 6-1 yet? Yeah, all, all good, you know, sort of looking towards the uh, the game on Sunday and, you know, why, why not 7-1? Why, why not? I mean, I mean, it's there. I mean, we're quite evenly matched by the looks of it. We'll get into a few bits and bobs in a second. But, um, I mean, we're in a nice little stretch here. Look, go all out this game, then we go into our bye week. Let's really go for it. Like, why why can't we be 7-1 at the bye? Yeah, just keep playing exactly as we have been doing, you know. We'll just plod along for three quarters, keep it nice and tight. And fourth quarter, explode into, the you know, the greatest show on turf, DJ style. Remix and uh, we'll we go from there. I'm being the underdog, don't forget that bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, we got to be the underdog, have to be absolutely. Um, why not seven and one? It's well within, well within reach, and it could quite possibly happen uh, come Sunday evening. Um, yeah, so coming up today, we're going to open up the mailbag later on to answer those questions that have been sent in, so stay tuned for that. Uh, but for, before the postman pays us a visit, we've got a game coming this weekend to look forward to. Our last game before the bye week, Giants make the long trip out west to Lumenfield, as it's now called. Well, so, that sounds rubbish, doesn't it? Lumenfield. You know, Century Link <laughs> <Century-link> Field um, to take on Geno Smith and the 4-3 and three Seahawks, obviously with the 12th man there and going to be in full voice no doubt as well um scheduled for 8 25 uk time because of the clocks going back this weekend uh 4 25 eastern so it's a slightly better time slot for the game for us here in the uk uh giants lead the all-time record 10 9 have and having won four straight against big blue our last meeting two years ago ended up with the giants winning 17 to 12 at century link field as it was then called uh, with colt mccoy starting under center who remembers that game? What a comeback that was led by Colt McCoy, eh? And uh, as it stands, Seattle are currently two and a half point favourites, which I'm sure it won't surprise you. You know, Giants are definitely the underdogs again, according to 888 Sport. And the over-under is currently sat at 46 and a half, which is a little bit high compared, considering the uh, Giants games recently have been all gone under. Um, but, you know, Seattle have been, uh, been scoring for fun some games recently and uh you know I, I can see that potentially going over the 46 and a half but we'll see so yeah so so far seattle's record um four and three they beat denver week one um by one point 17 16 and then they went on the road to san francisco lost 27 to 7 week three saw them come up against atlanta at home losing by four 27 23 then the the sort of the highest scoring game of the season so far, their trip to Detroit, which they came out on top forty eight to forty five. I think Geno Smith had a day that day. Um, week five, 
going to, again on the road at New Orleans, losing 39-32, and again a very very high scoring game. Uh, week six, they're back home against Kyler Murray and his Arizona Cardinals, and they came out 19-9 winners. And then last week uh, on the road at the uh, LA Chargers, and they came out again with a big win, 37-23. Um, a really sort of dominant win, so yeah, they're sort of fresh off that win. This could be our sort of, this could be one of our toughest games yet, and it probably will be one of our tougher games, toughest games yet. Seattle, Seattle currently ranked fifth in the league of t- in the terms of points per game with twenty six point one, but on the flip side, they're allowing twenty six point six points per game, which is the fourth worst in the league. So they're they're very evenly matched. They're sort of offense and defense in uh, in points per game, both being put up and allowed so we can definitely exploit that defense that's for sure but let's hope they don't put up that many points against our offense um shane you got a few things to talk about yeah so um obviously the week week seven that played um la charges i mean i know la have been a little bit hit and miss but i would have you know if i was a betting man i probably would have had the charges on, on my bet in all honesty but you know seattle have been that kind of Kind of like a Jacqueline Hyde team, in in all honesty, this season, like that the, the three and three. You don't know what Seattle team's going to turn up. Um, many Giants fans have said the same numerous times. Where was this Geno Smith a few years ago when he was in in New York? Um, but yeah, you know they, they went seventeen zero up in the first quarter thanks to uh, two turnovers. Um, and they're up 24-14 at the uh, the half. Kenneth Walker's having a, a great season. Um, I think he's up there currently for Offensive Rookie of the Year. I think he might even be favourite at the moment. Um, but yeah, you know, he's having a great game and um, great season, sorry. And yesterday, you know, uh, not yesterday, sorry, Sunday, he had a uh, 74-yard touchdown run um, to ice the game in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, Geno Smith's completed 73.5% of his passes, which is over 2% higher than the nearest uh, competition in Matt Stafford. So, you know, just following on from what I said, this Geno Smith were in New York a few years ago. Um, and he's currently thrown for 1,712 yards with 11 touchdowns to only three interceptions, averaging almost 245 yards per game through the air. And, you know, when you've got someone like DK Metcalf to aim at, that's always going to gonna benefit. Um but yeah, you know, it's going to be a, a tough game and, you know, it'd be interesting to see kind of, like I said, what Seattle team turns up because, you know, LA obviously didn't turn up um, this, this past week. So, um, yeah, it's going to, it's going to Jacqueline Hyde and hopefully for, for ourselves, it's kind of uh, the, the poor Seahawks team that turns up. Yeah, man. Um, Gino Smith, I mean, he's just having a sort of, uh, he's having a career year really, isn't he? And yeah, Kenneth... Uh, whatever his name is, Kenneth Walker, that's his name. I mean, he had a day against LA, didn't he? 163 yards, two touchdowns on 23 attempts. So, I mean, his, his 74 yards, um, his 74 yard touchdown, he, it was the highest speed clocked by a running back in the league this year. It's over 22 miles an hour at his peak. So he's got, he's got, he's got, a, uh, he's got a big tank on him. Uh, Kev, what about receivers and tight ends? Who do we need to be looking out for? Yeah. So, um, I mean, Everyone thought that with you know Smith as a QB, you know they wouldn't be that productive. But like I said, they're so Je- they're so Jekyll and Hyde up and down. Um, they've actually got a really good receiving core. I mean, the team is led by um, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Um, both are both have injuries at the moment. Um, Lockett was questionable last week against LA, uh, but he still went out for seven receptions, and 40, 45 yards. Um, D- uh, DK Metcalf um, he got injured in this game. Um, now the initial report was he might be out, might be out for some time, but 
but since we re- recorded our last podcast or on the week, he's actually been this is like day to day, and um, I, I think this week will come too soon for him. Um, but just some of the weapons they've got, like you know, like I said, DK Metcalf on 31 receptions, he has over 400 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Tyler Lockett, 41 receptions, 460 yards, two touchdowns. Um, and they've got that speed demon, Marcus Goodwin. Um, a bit of a one-trick pony. He had a bit of a coming out game here. He had four receptions for 67 yards and two touchdowns. Um, but actually on the season, he's only had 10 receptions, 146 yards, and those two touchdowns he got this week. So he's a very much up-and-down player, not very consistent. So kind of hoping that he had his big game last week and he's going to have a quiet game this week. Um so um, I think Lockett might be, he'll play, but hopefully, you know, he doesn't play that well to that many snaps. Um, and we have to wait and see about Metcalf. I, I think I think he might be rested this week, but don't be surprised if, he, if they do trot him out there for some snaps. Um, but also they, they are backed up by three sort of proficient tight ends. I wouldn't say they're sexy or big names or anything like that, but um, you look at them, they've got Will Disley, who's had 19 receptions for 190 yards and three touchdowns. Noah Fant, who they got in that big trade for uh, um, that saw um, Russell Wilson go the other way. Um, he's had uh, 20 receptions for 150 yards of a touchdown. And then um, Cody Parkinson, um, young player, he's only had nine receptions for 100 and what did he get? Nine receptions for 154 yards and one touchdown. So they do spread the ball around. And the receivers, he does spread it to a lot of receivers. Um, I'm just hoping that uh, nothing too serious to the players, but I'm hoping a little bit of the injury bug and a little bit of them are you know arrested this week um, against us. Yeah, I think um, we uh, obviously we've been fairly inconsistent with our coverage of tight ends, and I think having those three capable tight ends uh, on their roster, um, it sort of it's a little bit of a, it's a bit of a concern. Obviously, Evan Engram caught four for sixty-seven against Jacksonville, um, and it was. I mean, every time he caught the ball, you thought, why could you not do that for us, man? Um, so having these three tight ends, I mean, Disley and Fant, those two uh, are pretty cons- like they're pretty consistent. Uh, and Colby Parkinson had a pretty good game against LA as well. So, yeah, I think we, we, we've struggled to cover tight ends in the last few weeks. Obviously, with Mark Andrews against the Ravens and now Evan, uh, Evan Engram last week against the... Uh, Against the Jags, it's it's one of those areas that we need to get better covering. I think because they've got three good targets there, and uh, and Geno Smith can target them very very easily, and they've all put up numbers so far this year. Yeah, we might see more of um, Landon Collins in, in the box, um, covering those safeties and stuff, and and and, and Love Julian Love as well. We might see them closer to the line of scrimmage, covering the tight ends because Julian Love is very good at covering tight ends. Um, Landon Collins isn't great in deep coverage, but I think covering tight ends he should be better than. Uh, a Jalen Smith and Tay Crowder, who both are very fast side to side and good linebackers coming or uh, run stopping linebackers, but both are a little bit sep- um, a little bit weak in coverage. So it will be an interesting matchup. Yeah, definitely. But how good was it to see Landon in uh, back in a, a Giants jersey against the Jags? Just to see him. Looks right. Just to see the two one on the field and making a tackle. It's like yes, he's back, baby. Um, Craig, uh, Seattle's D. Um, it isn't as fierce as it used to be. Obviously, there's no more Legion of Boom as such, but what is uh, what are DJ and Saquon up against this week? Yeah, I don't think we can uh, really underestimate um, what Seattle can do. Uh, they started really poorly, last four games really, really poorly, um, uh, but they've picked up the last two weeks. I mean, they're still allowing just shy of 400 yards per offensive game. And, you know, after the week that we've 
had um, this past this past week, we were able to sort of keep pounding away at the ground game, and um, which kind of paid dividends in the uh, in the fourth quarter. So there's no reason we can't do that. I mean, statistically, only Atlanta are worse than Seattle at giving up yards. So you know they're there for the taking. Um, they've recorded 16 sacks, uh, three players tied with three each. They actually have 10 different players with a sack this year, which is, you know, that that that's something to be feared. That's a, that's a lot of passing it around, you know, pa- passing the, uh, the buck around. And it just means that we can't really focus on just one. They have multiple ways of getting to the quarterback. Um, but, you know, when if the ball was to come out quickly, uh, they do, you know, they have been struggling. In the backfield, you're right, Legion of Boom, not a thing anymore, but they are looking good. They've got two really, really young rookies, uh, the amazingly named Kobe Bryant, uh, who has has played up and down, um, had a good good week a couple of weeks ago. Um, and then you've also got Tariq Woolen, who, in fact, was one of my week six rookie standouts for full 10 yards um, after making his fourth interception in his fourth straight game that week um, after Kobe Bryant had also stripped Kyler Murray that, that week uh, he, he had a fumble recovery so you know Woolen is what, what what should be really a project he's a converted wide receiver and shouldn't really be playing the way he is but you know fair play to the, the kid he's, he really is playing well and it's something we need to look out for um, you know, they against LA this past weekend, three sacks, four tackles for loss, eight QB hits, nine passes defended, one interception, held Eckler, who we all know is, you know, pretty electric on his day to 31 yards and nine carries. And Herbert, who, you know, is always going to be a part, he's a pass-heavy quarterback. That's the way that the Chargers play. 33 uh, completions off 51 attempts, 293 yards and two touchdowns. So it's... um. They had, they had a good game. They are on the rise potentially, but it's a small sample. Two games, you know, anyone can play well for two games. It's not it's not something that you can pin all your hopes on. So let's hope we take advantage, uh, stick with the ground game, show, you know, show up their frailties in, in defending the run and, and go from there. Yeah, I think Tariq Willen, he's, he's tied first in the league with, uh, with four, his four interceptions, isn't he? So he's... He's having a great rookie year, um, and yeah, their their defense isn't as isn't as feared as it used to be. Like I said, but it's it's they're, they're still having they're still making some plays. Uh, like you said, three sacks and four tackles for loss uh, against the against the Chargers. So you know our offense has got the work cut out for them. I think. Um, all right, keys to winning the game then. So I think my sort of biggest thing to win the I think one of the biggest things to win the game is is our pass rush. Um, we need to get to Geno Smith, and we we need to see those guys coming off the edge, and we need to see sexy Dexy and and Big Cat going up through the middle, and and causing that chaos and and causing the uh, causing the quarterback to to make a wrong decision or to to go down or to you know just to I don't know just just put get that pressure on the on, on Geno Smith to to make an impact on the game because Geno Smith's putting up good numbers and and we can't we've got to put him sort of keep you know keep him in sort of in check. Yes, yeah, so and just to piggyback on that, Dan, um, like Geno Smith, he is like the ninth most sacked QB in the league with sixteen sacks because um, they're playing two rookie tackles and they're playing well. Um, 
Cross, who obviously they, they, they got in the first round, and Lucas, who from Washington State, who me and Shane liked a lot in, in the draft. But they're still rookies and they're still giving up sacks. So, like, definitely target them. Wink, I'd love to see Wink draw pressure and get after the young guys. I mean, they played well so far, but they haven't played a Wink Martindale's defense. Mm-hmm. Exactly. They haven't played Wink's defense. And, uh, It'll be, uh, I'm excited to see what what schemes Wink can draw up this week against uh, against this like I said this inexperienced offensive line of Seattle's. And I think we, we sort of mentioned um, the covering of their tight ends, but I think having Landon Collins play a few more snaps and really sort of be in that box and be able to cover those tight ends a bit more, be along with Julian Love is is definitely something we need to uh, to focus on as well. Um, what about your keys to the game, guys? What do you think keys to winning this game? Yeah, I think for me, look, the, the pass rush and, um, you know, I'm going to go into it a little bit more on, on my predictions, but um, I kind of envisage it like, a, I know he's already had like kind of a breakup game, so to speak, like with, with the, um, the the sack that he had against the Ravens, but I think Thibodeau is really going to ball out in this game. I think he's going to cause all sorts of problems um, and I reckon he's going to get two plus sacks in, in this game. Um, you know, like Kev mentioned, you got the, you know you got two rookie tackles. Um, Lucas, who like Kev says, me and him were both high on, and then um, Charles Cross, who I wasn't overly keen on. I know a lot of people had him as um, offensive tackle one, but I I didn't rate him at really, all. Really, Shane, you weren't keen on him. I don't remember you being not keen on Charles. Cross. <laughs> I thought you loved the guy. That was just offensive <laughs> line in general. <laughs> um. Yeah, but I, I just didn't write. I didn't write him, and I think um, you know some of some of the issues that he had was sort of how wide his feet get, etc. And if he's if he's, he's still putting his feet out wide, I think Thibodeau can really capitalise on that and sort of get some pressure on. Um, so you know, for me, I think the the, the real big one is going to be um, pass rush, and like I, say, I reckon Thibodeau two plus sacks, and I reckon Big Cat and Sexy Dex he'll get one apiece as well. Bold prediction there, Shane. Five plus sacks for the Giants the weekend. That's my prediction. Oh, like that. Darnay Holmes on a blitz as well. Nice, I like it. Why not? Kev, what do you think your key? What are your keys to winning this game? So I'm going to go um, back to O-line again, uh, being able to run the ball and protect Daniel Jones. I think this is a good, good opportunity now. We've done it all year. People know what we're doing. Let's go out and just dominate the line of scrimmage. Let's go out and just pine, pine, pine. Opens up play action. We've seen how it works. You know, stay in the game, and um, we'll probably be going with um, uh, as you do and um, Phillips again on the on the outside. Um, so, so yeah, just protect Daniel Jones. Give him, continue to give him a big pocket, give him a nice pocket so far, just to continue that. And and um, I, I, th- I think we can actually put some points on the board this game. Yeah, I definitely do. I think running run the ball. I mean, I know we get, I know we sort of came out the first uh, first drive of the the uh, Jacksonville game came out passing the ball and you know that was sort of it was a bit of a surprise like well okay we're passing on first down wow what's going on but it was all part of the game plan I think it was catch them off guard catch the defence off guard and it wasn't expected and it was nice to see but I think we go go back to old faithful this week and go back to running the ball pounding the ball in you know because we know Seattle are really really weak against the run so we need to establish that run before we can before we can start doing anything else. I think and protecting Daniel Jones goes without saying. I think if we if we give him time in the pocket, he can make the plays like he has been so far this season. So that's a that's a huge a huge thing. And I think with Andrew Thomas playing, just I mean, 
what what more can you say about Andrew Thomas apart from he's probably one of the the best, if not the best, left left tackle in the game at the moment. Um, there's nothing else you can say about him. He's just playing absolute lights out, and I think he he was like he graded ridiculously high last week as well. So yeah, just carry on the way he's doing, and that sort of consistent offensive line is what we need. I think um, Craig, your keys to the game. Well, if we're gonna if we're gonna protect DJ, can we please catch the ball? If we're gonna target our wide receivers, let's please catch the ball. If we're going to focus on a ground game. The passing downs are where it's going to be key, especially if we get to that sort of third and long situation where Barkley's been stuffed or, you know, we've taken a sack or anything like that. Penalties, you never know. Catch the ball um, and play smart. You know, we, we just need to... We seem to have a core where we make the right decisions um, Penalty-wise, I think we're probably... I haven't seen the stats, but I would assume we're one of the lower ones in the league for penalties, um, especially a penalty differential. And I'm, I'm sure that took a, a lovely little hit this last week after the uh, Jags decided to go penalty crazy. Uh, and it should have been more. Um, so, yeah, just smart smart play, catch the ball and go from there. Yeah, catch the damn ball. Um, Marcus Johnson, man, come on. Sort yourself out, mate. Weren't the wide receivers um, catching a rugby ball this week as well to help sort of <laughs> yeah help them? Like, I mean, like, come on, lad. And but the thing is, right, we know what the wide receiver core is like. We we know it's not great, but these are still NFL players. Yeah. If we can also get a very quick pass out to Slayton, so Slayton catches the ball early, get his confidence going, and then let him cook from there because Slayton. And we've spoken about this before, and we've all pointed it out in the in the chat before. Slayton is confidence based. If he was to drop that first pass to him, he might as well not be out there. That's how bad. I mean, we saw that against the the Ravens, and he had good games against the Packers. He had good games this past weekend. He had early catches, and that's what he needs. He needs. That's going to be a you know a key to get in the to get in the win. Get Wondell involved. Yes, Robinson as well. He is electric. He he led the team last week against the Jackson against Jackson. Was only six. Was it six for fifty? Um, so yeah, get him involved and make get him making some plays. But yeah, talking about Seattle's uh, discipline discipline uh, issues, I think they're the the second most flagged team in the league so far. I think they've given up five hundred and three yards in penalties so far through seven games. Uh, Fifty seven flags in total. They've they've been on the end of so. Yeah, we we need to play disciplined football and and catch them and and you know let them commit the penalties and, and give us those yards. Um, and really, is it gonna is it gonna come down to the fourth quarter again? What are you gonna say, Shane? I just I just wanted to to, to to just disappear for a second, and we're gonna go into a, a dangerous place. We're gonna go into Shane's fantasy land. So I know everybody loves to go into to Shane's fantasy land. So I just want to know if I gave each one of you a hundred pounds. Would you rather put £100 on the New York football joints to have zero drops this weekend or £100 on Kadarius Tony to play 30-plus snaps this weekend? Where are you putting your money? Zero drops. Zero drops. Zero drops. I'd just burn the £100 personally. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't say there was an option three. 
that was the third option. Yeah, so that Tony's not going to play, is he? Let's face it. Yeah, or, or the third option is just give me the hundred pound back. Well, you're going to have to pay a hundred pound now because we said we weren't going to talk about him until he actually got on the field. I never said that. There's your hundred pound gone. <laughs> we already had one episode this week where I, I mentioned him. We need we need to have like a buzzer alert go off every time his name gets mentioned, like Tony Alert. Tony Alert, yeah, love that. Yeah. <laughs> we he who shall not be named until he plays. Him who does not exist. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, um, is it going to come down to the fourth quarter again? Are we going to have another fourth quarter comeback? Yeah, I think it's standard. It's to be expected. I mean, I'm half debating just like missing the first three quarters. In all honesty. And then just tune in the exciting part of the fourth quarter. <laughs> uh, it'll be, it'll be let, obviously, it'll be um, probably be around almost coming up to midnight by that time, Shane. So, so I suppose you can have do what you want in the evening, go gym, have some food, tune in about midnight, see the fourth quarter. <laughs> well, no, it'll probably be about eleven o'clock. When yeah, I, I can't, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we uh, produce in the fourth quarter again. Um, but it would be, it'd be nice to see. I mean, obviously, we led going into half time against against Jacksonville, which was quite nice. Obviously, we scored on the opening opening drive, which was quite nice. Um, but then we go into the fourth quarter trading, which was no surprise, and then we pull it back and win in the in the fourth. So it wouldn't surprise me if the fourth quarter is uh, is where it's at. So can we genuinely come away from this game and go into the bye week at seven to one, seven to one, seven to one, at seven and one? Shall I say? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Hundred percent. Yeah. There, there is no the the, the the craziest thing for me about this. The weirdest thing for me about this is this. There's no doubt. There's no there's no doubt in our minds that we won't win this game. And to you know to be on on this side of things and actually see this and have this positivity and have this amazing feeling of you know what we're one of have one of the best records in the league. We've got a consistent team. And we're playing lights out football week in week out. It's such an amazing feeling. I think, yeah, absolutely, we can go seven and one into the bye week. And I mean, even if we go, I mean, like we were talking on the um, on the spaces last night. Even if we do lose this game and go into the bye at six and two, you'd have snapped it. You know, every, you'd have snapped your hand off if it eight weeks ago if someone said to go into the bye week at six and two, you'd have absolutely bitten the hand off. So. Yeah, I can't. I can't see anyone anything else really but a Giants victory this weekend. So put your money where your mouth is, gents. Um, we were all on the side of Giants last weekend against Jacksonville, um, and we're all in the sort of ballpark of the actual result as well. Kev, you were very, very close. You were one point away. Um, so predictions for this weekend. Um, let's start off with Shane. Why not? Yeah. So I'm going. Uh, Giants do go seven and one. Uh, get the W with a 26-24 win with the game ball going to Kayvon Thibodeau. Nice. nice. Yep. I'm going to go 30-20. to 20. Giants win 7-1 in the bye week. Get in. 30-20, nice. First time we'll score 30 points all year as well. That'll be good to see. Uh, producer Craig. I'm going high as well. Ooh. I'm going 32 to 27. Sweet. Um, I think I think we'll win. And I think we'll score over 30 points because Seattle's defence is not great. Uh, I'm going 31-17. Ooh. Nice big win. Yeah. I think we deserve a big win. 
I mean, don't get me wrong. It's, it's. I mean, all of our wins so far have been by by less than four, but or but or whatever it is. But I, I think we deserve a big win, and that'll be a huge confidence boost going into the bye week if we can get a big win like that on the road at West as well. So if we can get, if we can get up early like we did the past week, but maybe score score touchdown early, get a nice defensive stop, score three points or another touchdown. So make them chase the game a bit. Um, and we might see we might see a couple of picks in this game. Exactly, chase the game, force them into making mistakes, force them into going one dimensional. Don't let um, the, the pass rush get there. Yeah, get let let the pass rush get there. Don't let um, what's his face, Mister Running Back. What's his name? Walker. Kenneth Walker. Don't let him. Don't let him get established on the ground. You know, hold him to sort of one, two, three yards of carry. Um, get that run defence strengthened up why not Leo's another game back from injury you know as well exactly that exactly that so yeah that's our predictions let us know what you think send us your game predictions in as well are we going to win are we going to lose what's the score going to be we're going to finish off with the mailbag the postman's been and he's delivered some questions for us so thanks to those that have sent them in Uh, Steve Wilkins just the tip evening mate Uh, he said, do you see Shane making any moves regarding the trade or free agency to help out what is a battered roster, albeit with very limited room in cap space? Uh, with Golladay and Tony looking like they won't be back anytime soon, could receiver position be targeted? And if so, who could realistically be bought in? Good question. Thanks, that, Steve. Um, Shane? Um, I, I don't know what he wants to do, in all honesty. Like, I, I, I could... Like, I can... I can get on board with what he does either way, whether he decides to make a move and bring somebody in and give some draft capital up next season uh, for the for the 2023 draft. I'd have no problems with that. But likewise, if if we didn't make any moves and he's kind of thinking, I want to keep the draft capital, um, like for the look of the wide receivers, I've, I've kind of eyed up a couple of the wide receivers that are coming out and, you know... It, it, but look, I keep saying this on repeat, and you guys will probably agree with me, but it seems like every year it's a decent wide receiver class coming out. And... You know, you've seen the argument last year when Tennessee traded um, AJ Brown to take Traylon Burks rather than paying a wide receiver, as we've discovered doesn't always work out. Um, you know, get the get a rookie wide receiver in on a, a rookie contract, it's going to be a lot cheaper. Um, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm on board with whatever he does either way. I'll probably personally lean towards the keep the draft capital, get a rookie wide, wide receiver, and go that route personally. I um I last week obviously we were asked a very similar question and and I said yes I saw us making a trade for somebody I thought someone like a Jerry Judy or a DJ Moore or um one of the other sort of you know wide receivers on who are still on their rookie contract was a a possibility but then we signed Marcus Johnson to the the squad. You know, he's not a practice squad member anymore. He's got a contract with the the full full roster. And that's kind of swayed me towards, no, I don't think we will do anything this this season. I, I, I just, I think that was kind of the, the, you know, Shane playing his hand and saying, look, this is what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm 50-50 with it, to be honest. I can see it and I, you know, I can see it's not doing it. I mean, if we were to do it, it would be, which which I love as well, if we were to do it, you know it's going to be on Joe Shane's terms. I mean, it's going to be, it'll be a good deal 
that won't put us in financial trouble and it'll be sort of like a safe deal. I mean, like some of the targets like I've been looking at, I mean, if you want a big splash, Panthers are, are, are got a wholesale going on. Do you know I mean, so someone like a DJ Moore, who was a first round pick, do you know I mean, um, but he's got like quite a big contract. I mean, it would only cost us 1.23 million this season, but then you're talking 20, 16 and 16. So the three seasons afterwards, I mean, what you've got the cap for, um, and we wouldn't be on the hook for any of his, any of his uh, bonus. So if we did get him and he was rubbish, we could just cut him or, you know, whatever. But he'd be expensive, I think, capital-wise. More of the players I was looking at would be like, again, the Panthers. Well, Terrence Marshall Jr., second-round pick not so long ago. Three years left in his contract. Uh, 900K this year. 1.2, 1.5 over the next couple of years. Very cost-effective, still rookie contract. You know, if you give up a fourth, fifth, sixth-round pick for him, maybe... Um, and then a couple of Jets players as well. Elijah Moore, you know, he's he's come out and said he wants more targets. He's been a bit disgruntled. Like you'd have to sign them out to make sure he's not complete agent, like because you know those type of comments in the public aren't ideal. But you know he's got three years left at one million, one point five, one point nine. Very cost effective. He was a second round pick. Um, Denzel Mims isn't seeing the ball at all with the Jets. He was an ex second round pick. He's got two years left in his deal. If he was worth a sixth, say for example. He's on you're on the hook for only 1.1, 1.4 million. You get two seasons to see season and a half to see what he's like, see if he can make a team. Um and just another one that jumps to mind would be uh the tight end of the Broncos, Albert uh Wignerbaum. Probably butchered that. But uh um, just fast. Yeah, it's, you know, he he's got two years left in his deal, like nine hundred K and one million um for next season. So and he's fallen down the death chart, you know. Um at the Broncos, so it's just uh, so those couple of names sort of keep an eye on who I think like we target because kind of situation you know they're not getting much time where they are or the Panthers are offloading everyone and um, you know you can bring them in if if the deal's right for us if it's cheap enough and those won't break the bank and keep us under the cap and everything. Yeah, I mean, with the receivers that aren't currently well that are currently on the injury report. Um, and the receivers we currently have on the active roster, I think I, I I'm kind of leaning towards what you said, Craig, about mo- the fact that he moved um, Marcus Johnson, Marcus Johnson into the, onto the active roster and, and actually paid him a contract rather than just re- putting him back into the, back into the PS. I think that's probably his move at receiver now. You know, it, 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 it I might you, you might be wrong, but and at the same time, it that looks like the the move that's happened, and it looks like it's a fairly sensible move as well. The fact that you know we don't have like like you said, Steve, we've got very limited cap space, and it would have to be a very very smart deal from Joe Shane to be able to do anything. Um, so I don't know if we're going to be targeting anyone. Um, we're not bringing before. OBJ in, are we, for the rest of the season? Uh, I mean, it would be absolutely <laughs> amazing if we did. If we if we said, if we said to OBJ, look, we can't pay you. <laughs> Yeah, you'll be you'll be back home. We'll we'll pay we'll we'll pay for everything else for you. We just can't pay you a salary. <laughs> I mean, he's got he's got enough money. He doesn't need a salary for the far the like for the next eight weeks or next fourteen weeks or whatever it is and to tell me how how many weeks do we get to the Super Bowl? You know, um, well, he doesn't he doesn't need a salary. Or let's pay let's pay him ten grand a week. That'll do. That's all he needs. <laughs> but how how sweet would it be to see thirteen back in blue as well, especially after Landon Collins coming back? That'd be pretty sweet, wouldn't it? I mean, David Sills would have to give up his number, but I'm sure he wouldn't mind. 
Is it David Stokes 13? Yeah. There he is. Oh, he'd be cut. Yeah. Well, he wouldn't have a choice but to give it up, would he? <laughs> um, but yeah, Steve, thanks for your question, mate. Um, I hope you've answered it. Uh, last question we got from Grant at Grantos Fandango. Evening, mate. Uh, should Fabian Murray have his own parade after that tackle? Yes. Yes, he absolutely yes. should. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Resounding yes. Uh, seriously, though, following the injuries to Bellinger, Jackson, Neil, and Bredesen, do we feel there is sufficient depth to cover their absences if they turn out to be off the field for a period of time? Yes. I mean, we have to. It sounds silly to say, but we kind of have to. I mean, like, Bellinger, I don't think we've got enough depth. Um, I think we are very, we were weak there anyway, and I think we are very weak there now. So that's going to be interesting to see um, how the, how Myrick and, um, Oh, what's the other tight end name again? Hudson. Yeah, you know, but see how they play. They have to step up. I mean, there's not much behind them. Um, Jackson should be okay. Um, it was, you know, like I said, he came back into the game and he should be fine. Um, Neil and Bredesen, we talked about the two, um, as you do, and Phillips, they came in and played played adequately, played well, played above average. So that should be okay. We've got some uh, offensive linemen on the practice squad as well who I think could come in and be um, good stopgap depth guys on the 53. Um, so it's a case of like it's weird because yes we do because we have to yeah exactly and it is that next man up mantra isn't it and it's like yeah they might not be the best offensive lineman in the world or the best cornerback in the world or the best tight end in the world but the morale and the team at the moment and the attitude in the team at the moment is next man up and they give 110% every snap so I think the obviously the, the the biggest worry out of those four injuries is Dan Bellinger at tight end. I think the other three positions we've got relatively good cover. Um but yeah, Dan Bellinger at tight end is a is a bit of a is a bit of a blow. Um especially with like Myrick and Hudson, the only other two tight ends on the roster. Obviously we've got uh the guy that's on that's signed to the practice squad last week. I can never remember his name. Uh, I was literally looking him up just now. So Lawrence Cager. That's the one. Uh, who came from Seattle, who hasn't played. He's played one snap for us uh, against Baltimore, and he played two snaps in 2020. Converted wide receiver. We we have re- recently released Austin Allen from the practice squad, so don't be surprised to see him back on the practice squad as, again as obviously Obviously, knows the playbook, knows the play. He's been training with us. So I think, yeah, the, the only biggest biggest issue there really is tight end out of those, out of those four. Yeah, Grant, thanks for your question, mate. Um, we do enjoy answering all your questions, so get them into us um, at all the usual places. Uh, Big Blue UK IRL on Twitter, at Big Blue UK Ireland on Instagram, and also you can email us, Big Blue UK IRL at gmail.com. Uh, that is all we've got time for this week, Giants fans. Uh, we'll be back next time to bring you our review of the Seattle game. Uh, plus, looking ahead, we'll also bring you our half time review as well. So, Obviously, it's our bye week, so we'll give you our half-season review as we head into that bye week. And we'll also hand out our Big Blue UK and Ireland half-season game balls as well. So make sure you tune in for that. Anything that, anything to add before we go, guys? Nah, just um, chat to uh, to you guys and the listeners next week when we're 7-1. and one. Let's go. Yeah, just, I mean, like, you know, we said every week buzzing. I mean, I think I use that word all the time, but this season has felt special. And let's just keep the train going. Let's just keep going. I mean, the game's there to be won. Um, it's it's a very it'll be a very competitive, close game. I think, like like they've always been all for the for all season for us. But like I said, the game's there to be won. Um, if we just coaches have coached how they have done so far, and if players play 
as close to mistake-free football as they have done so far, then we have every chance to come away with a W from Seattle. Absolutely. And you know what this season reminds me of? Like, It reminds me of a, of a Bill Belichick-led Patriots team where they just seem to get everything out of players who have come from nowhere. Yeah. And you know, that, that's just props to coach. comparison would be fair. Yeah, that's just absolutely huge, huge props to the coaches, really. I mean, if Dable doesn't get coach of the year, then something's wrong. Um, so it's a it's a great position to be in. And you know what you say, it's it's a special year so far. And it's, it made it even more special that Giants came to London and played in London and everything that happened over that week was insane. And that's just added to the amazing season we've had so far. And long may it continue, you know. If we do happen to lose this weekend, you know, none of us are predicting it, but things can happen. None of us predicted that the Jags would get as close as they did in the last few minutes of last week's game. If we do happen to lose, let's not forget, this is supposed to be a rebuild year. Like, let's let's not let's not kind of get ahead of ourselves and, and start throwing the players under buses and, you know, bemoaning the lack of passion or the lack of spirit because the players have shown that, I think, a game's going to happen like that. It happened after the Cowboys and we didn't, you know, we didn't downtread any of the players. We got behind them. We know, we know what we have as a roster. We don't have, you know, something like what Miami are building with their horrific amount of contracts that will come and bite them at some point or Kansas city. You know, we are what we are. We've lost some big players. Whatever happens this weekend happens. We move on. We're still six and two potentially going into a bye week. We back, we back the boys. Absolutely. We back them 100%. And, you know, it's just, it goes, it, like you said, we are in that rebuild year. So this was never an expectation. So to be above expectations at this point in the season is just, it's amazing. It really is. And like I said, long may it continue. Um, we want to open a, ba- we want, we do want to open up a bumper mailbag um, during the bye week as well. So make sure you get those questions into us at all, you, like I said, all the usual places. And feel free to leave us a review on Spotify and on um, Apple Podcasts or your platform of choice. We really appreciate the uh, the feedback we get from you guys. All right, my thanks as ever go to Kev, to Shane, and to Craig for joining me, and to you, the listeners, for tuning in. Can we be seven and one at the bye? We'll find out next time. We're signing off. Until next time.